Hey friends, Steve here with WNBA Nation, and we are excited to announce our partnership with Knowable. Working from home, I find I spend a lot more time with my headphones on than ever before. Through my busy day, I'm constantly taking in podcasts, audiobooks, and anything to keep me engaged while still on the go. And Knowable aims to take that to the next level. Knowable is a first-of-its-kind audio learning platform and library of original expert-led audio courses. They create immersive, screen-free learning experiences that help people get inspired, learn new things, and accomplish their personal professional goals. Knowable is developed by a distributed team of experienced audio producers, researchers, writers, and technologists. But more than that, they're lifelong learners who listen to audiobooks and podcasts voraciously. And they've partnered with top subject matter experts, academics, authors, and journalists to create their courses. Names like NBA All-Star Chris Paul, Reddit co-founder and part owner of Angel City FC Alexis Ohanian, former astronaut Scott Kelly, and many others. Each Knowable course includes hours of substantive audio lessons accompanied by supporting materials like summaries, e-textbooks, optional assignments, and bonus interviews. We're talking about a fully immersive audio learning experience, all for less than the price of a Netflix or Hulu subscription. Each of us here at WN have been trying it out, and we absolutely love it. We keep breaking from our normal basketball-laden conversations to share what we've recently learned about mental health, green living, creative design, starting a business. It's really been worth every penny. And just for being a loyal listener to the show, you can get even more bang for your buck. Click the link in our episode description and use the promo code WNBA Nation and check out for 20% off your first subscription. Invest in yourself anytime, anywhere with Knowable. Try it today and upgrade the voices in your head. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Cambay. This is Nikki Collin. What up guys? This is Ethan Sparks. Hey, this is Imani Media Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation, hello again. Welcome to the show. It is so good to have you. Uh, this is your source for discussion on all things WNBA and women's basketball. Of course, you can hear us anywhere your podcast can be found. You can also check us out on YouTube and live here at the Twitch, which we're going to dive into in a second. But no matter where you are, we're so glad to have you. I, of course, am Steve Schwartzman, flanked today by my best friend in podcasting and, and just in life. Because he's just <laughs> such a good person. Kyle Haywood. That's become the new thing is... Let's talk about how good Kyle is. I noticed that like, on the uh, on the pie episode. It was like <laughs> I, I I missed out on the pie discussion, but I also feel like I missed out on you guys just being like overly generous about how like about me as an individual and I appreciate that. <laughs> it's funny cuz when it's anyone else I swear it's like, well with Jason it's always like Jason's off saving the world. And then if it's me or Logan it's just like, well Logan couldn't be here. Um Steve's busy. Isn't Kyle a great guy? It's like it's it's interesting how the routines we fall into. Uh, uh, it's funny. That's yeah, it. No, that was. I'm glad I, to I be, did, Yeah, yeah. I did laugh pretty hard when I was listening to that episode, and I was sad that I wasn't able to be there. <laughs> Crazy, but so good. Um, so obviously, this is for anyone listening to this on your pod feed. This is uh, pretty much situation normal for you, which is totally cool. If you're watching this on YouTube, this may not be the first time. Cause we did that a few times in the past. Right. Uh, but obviously we, we have a little bit of a second home now for the podcast or third home, I guess, technically for the podcast. Uh, Kyle, I'm going to kick it over to you. If, if you don't mind, um, we wanted to give a quick update as far as the state of our platforms for the podcast. Also, we know that a lot of people, uh, we've, we've had amazing support on, on Patreon and whatnot in the past from, you know, from many of you, and it's been phenomenal and we can't thank you enough. And we just wanted to give a level set. Obviously we're closing out the year. We're getting out of this stupid space year, 2020 and moving on to bigger and better things. And so <laughs> we wanted to give a quick state of the pod while yeah. we had a sec. Absolutely. So, uh, just kind of giving a, a, a rundown as to a few decisions that we've made. We've done a lot of research. We haven't been putting out quite as many episodes post season because we kind of just been doing a lot on the back end, evaluating how we can make this podcast better, how we can make the show um, a little bit better format, maybe a little bit uh, more available and also expand some of the uh, opportunities that we have as hosts, as well as our audience. And, as we did a lot of those discussions, we kind of came down to um, two decisions, really. The first decision is that we wanted to have an opportunity to feel like we're giving uh, better content and better uh, 
I, I guess maybe throwing in something more than just an audio feed. Obviously, the audio feed is not ever going to go away. We're, you're still going to be able to find us everywhere on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on whatever podcast grabber you happen to be listening to. But yeah. we decided that we would transition away from one platform and into another. And that's we're going to be moving away from our Patreon. And we're actually going to be closing that account out. Um, so many of you have given so much uh, support there. And we appreciate it immensely. One challenge that maybe one challenge that we had with Patreon is that we always felt indebted and that we weren't ever able to put as much time and effort into the Patreon as we wanted. And so because of that, we feel like rather than continue to feel like we're not delivering there, we're going to close it out. Um, so any of you that are uh, on Patreon that support us currently, we want to thank you. And, um, we'll be messaging you, yeah. obviously, and, and we'll be, we'll be giving, uh, we'll be reaching out. We'll be making sure that, that, uh, you get, uh, you get some extra, uh, love. And so we'll be talking to you guys some individually yeah. on that platform. And, but we will be closing that out, no longer doing the additional, um, uh, the additional monetary support through Patreon. But that's kind of where Twitch comes in to kind of replace that. We still obviously have, um, costs that go into um, mm-hmm. recording and producing this podcast. And so with that being the case, we need to try to not have it all come out of our own pockets. And we thought, what was an, mm-hmm. what would be a really easy way to do that? And the Twitch platform allows that to happen honestly for free yeah. from you, um, from each of you listeners. You can, you can support us and help us help contribute to our show monetarily without spending a dime, which is really, really cool. And it's not only through yeah. viewing on Twitch. Um, you don't even have to view the show necessarily. If you want to, we, we want to have you here. We want you to, we want you to ha- come hang out. Uh, absolutely. But Twitch allows us to build a subscriber base. And so to subscribe, it's $5 a month. Or if you have Amazon Prime, which I'm assuming a large chunk of you do, if you have Amazon Prime, you're allowed one free Twitch subscription per month. And so you are able to give a one-month subscription through your Amazon Prime account um, live on Twitch. And doing that brings us um, a couple bucks from your free uh, Twitch subscription. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can hop over, give us a quick subscription on Twitch, and that's going to send a couple bucks our way without you having to spend a dime um, on Twitch on the platform at all. It just allows us an opportunity to um, maybe have some additional support. You kind of become a producer of the show, um, again, without any additional costs on your yeah. end. But yeah, Steve, your thoughts on... on in why else we decided to come this way or, or, or or what else did I miss here? No, you definitely hit it on the money. I think when it comes to Patreon, um, when we had started that venture, you know, since we had kicked that off, I, just to get perspective on this, three of us, uh, had babies, uh, two, two of us started full-time jobs. One of us started med school and moved to Barbados uh, a lot of things happened, and, and what that led to was the way that Patreon is structured, we just weren't able to give the commitment that we know that we can, and we didn't feel comfortable um, taking that monetary support from listeners if we Absolutely. couldn't deliver on what we said we would. And um, our our Patreon followers and our backers have been consistently gracious and supportive and generous. And we just cannot thank each and every one of you enough for what you did. Uh, it, really everything you supported, whether you gave a couple bucks or, or, you know, whatnot, you, you helped us in a huge way over the last couple of years. It, obviously this just gives us flexibility and of course gives us opportunities to, to get that support. Also gives us an added platform that we're excited to connect with everyone on. One thing we're always looking for as a program is, is how can we continue to, to connect more and more with, our listener base with WNBA fans, with women's basketball fans. Um, and Twitch is a phenomenal way to do that. I think for, for especially for now. Um, and like Kyle said, there are going to be opportunities to provide monetary support here and there. I mean, if you're familiar with the Twitch landscape, those things do exist. That said, uh, you will always be able to listen to content here. Um, 
you know, to and follow the, the, the page, follow the show here for free. That's not something that we're going to, to shut off from. So if there are opportunities here and there to give bits or donation, you know, I still don't know all the terminology super well. Uh, you know, those things will exist in time. That said, uh, we we are excited to find new and, and more exciting ways to connect with you guys, give you guys a little bit of behind the scenes experience on how we set up the show. If you're listening to us on the pod feed, uh, you know, we we love doing uh, Twitch so far because it gives everyone an opportunity to get a little bit of behind the scenes view before we actually hit record on the pod. You get a little bit of insight as to how we even set this world up and what it's like. We have a lot of people who contact us frequently about, I want to start a podcast. I want to do this. What's that like? I actually think it's a pretty cool way to get some insight on uh, those pivotal yeah. moments before you actually hit record. Cause those can be some of the most pivotal discussions. I, for people that, have done stuff like this on Twitch that I've viewed. It's actually, I've learned a lot. I've taken notes. So definitely worth everyone's time, but yeah, we're, we're excited to, to kick off this new venture. We'll be kicking this off a little more formally come January when things kick off into the new year, you'll hear a little bit more about some more, um, in, in the sand schedules. We'll give you some idea of, you know, what we'll be recording when and, and things like that. Uh, it won't be too heavily rigid, but we want to make sure we have a routine for you guys to check out. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's the state of things. We're, we're excited. We, again, we thank everyone for the support that they've given in the past. Merch will still totally be a thing. We'll still be doling out some, some fantastic t-shirt dumb for y'all. And you should chat. That's still going to be kicking on store envy. So you should enjoy that while you can. Yeah. And absolutely. I think that, um, you know, uh, one of the one of the other things that we'll probably add in is we're, we'll sh- we'll still try and put out content at least once a week as far as the podcast as the actual show. You guys should be able to hear us um, on our podcast feed at least once a week um, on average. Obviously, during the season that bumps up, um, and yeah. and right before the season, and then you know every once in a while we'll have a week go by where we don't uh, send something off um, during the off season. Um, but those are those are usually pretty far and few between. Um, but, uh, we also, in addition to that, will probably once a week hop on and do a stream somehow just like a, a little Q and a session, or maybe we'll stream yes. some live WNBA games on NBA 2k. Um, we may do a live reaction video or not uh, a live reaction to a highlight video that we find. Let's say we, we find an old Lisa Leslie highlight compilation on YouTube and we'll watch it together and mm-hmm. do a live reaction or something like that. Um, yeah. and you as a chat can be here doing that live. And so we'll do that in addition, um, to our, our actual podcast feed. But anytime we're recording the podcast, we're going to be doing it live on Twitch. And so that'll be a lot of fun. Yep. So, yeah, absolutely. It will, uh, you know, as events come up, um, Kyle and Jason did a draft lottery reaction. So in time, when those events come up, when the draft kicks around, when, uh, you know, maybe final four, when other things kick around, you'll you'll obviously see those come up pretty frequently. Yeah, there's going to be all kinds of different opportunities. We might do a W history recording on 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 camera. I haven't decided if that's where the, I, I turn into a bit of a mad scientist while putting that together. So yeah, we'll see if, <laughs> yeah, we'll see if that if uncapped. that goes live or if we keep that more just an audio production. We'll we haven't decided on that yet. <laughs> we'll we'll see. <laughs> Good stuff had there. That's it. Uh, Kyle, I'm sure you want to talk some basketball and we have plenty of basketball to be discussing. Let's, let's head to Dallas to kick things off. The Dallas wings officially announce the hiring of, uh, Vegas assistant, Vicky Johnson, head coach. And I say Vegas assistant as if that's a resume, much more of a resume on VJ, uh, than, than it goes from there. Of course, one of the inaugural members of the New York Liberty uh, was a part of the first ever elite draft, uh, was with the uh, Liberty, I believe, for nine seasons um, in her coaching career, uh, had a single season with the Stars. They moved to Vegas. Bill Lambier took over, took Vicki Johnson on as an assistant coach. She's obviously done a phenomenal job uh, with Vegas and their development. A lot of players with the aces have had incredible things to say about her, uh, from everything I've seen quotes and beyond. It sounds like, uh, Dallas across the roster are very stoked for this move. This feels like a pretty strong fit. There's a lot of reasons why this feels like a pretty exciting move for the wings, but I wanted to get your first immediate reactions, Kyle. 
Um, I like it. I think she's had a fin- fantastic uh, history with the league, both playing and coaching. Um, she's only had the one season where she was a head coach uh, in San Antonio. Prior to that, she had been an assistant for several years. And then obviously under uh, Bill Lambeer, the last couple seasons in Las Vegas. Um, I think that she has an opportunity to take this young Dallas squad and really do something with them. Um, I, I think she has to be excited with what she's got coming up. Um, not only, you know, the amount of rookies and young players that she has on the squad from last season, but they, I believe still have five draft picks this season. So I think that she's got to be licking her chops and say, Hey, give me a couple years and let me just mold this young team into exactly what I want them to be. You know, they're so yep. young and, and, and new in their careers that they still have a lot of that malleability, um, and haven't been so hard set into maybe a certain system that she can go in, implement exactly what she wants to do. And, uh, and I think it's going to mm-hmm. be, I think it's going to be a good fit. Um, obviously, you know, she's, she's coached under some phenomenal head coaches most recently, you know, with the aces and seeing what it's like to be part of a winning program there. I mean, the aces were the number one seed this year in the playoffs. And so, you know, she's, she's coming from a winning program and she's got, she understands that she's got her work cut out for. I looked at some of the press conference today and, and some of the release notes and whatnot. And she, she is not, blinded to the fact that she, that there's going to be a process in, in Dallas. And when we interviewed, uh, Greg Bibb about that, uh, what was it prior to last season? He said the same thing. He says, we're not a good basketball team now, but we will be. Give us a couple years. We're going to be there. And I think yep. last year they took a big step forward. And so I'm excited. I think that she's, I think her resume is pretty solid. Um, and I think that the experience is there. I think it's, uh, it, it's one of the best choices you could have made as a, as an organization to bring her in. I think she's a great fit for what they've got going on in Dallas. I'm curious your thoughts. Um, I think in general, there's a lot of reasons why this is something that I, I think Wings fans should be especially excited about. Um, obviously what she's been able to cultivate in her time under Bill Ambeer in Vegas is huge. I think the situation she was in in San Antonio for one season is very different than it was now. That was for very sure. much almost a, a quick reactionary experience. This is definitely one that I feel like was a huge growth move. This is yeah. we're leveling up. Uh, when you look at Dallas, you look at the draft hall they just had, and then you look at the draft hall they're about to have. Uh, it, there's so much to work with in finding the the nucleus for that next successful line of the franchise. I think something that people forget when they think about the Dallas Wings, we talked about this on the W History episode recently. Um, they are just a couple of stations removed from being the d- three-time champion Detroit Shock. This right. is a franchise that in its history does understand winning and knows that as a part of their ecosystem. And that's something they want to get back to and they want to do it in a big D way. This feels good to me. She has some local flair to her as well. She made Dallas her home over the last decade or so. Uh, is from, you know, played at Louisiana Tech, uh, obviously coached in San Antonio. I mean, so, so this is definitely one where she, I think she connects really well with that, that side of the world. And I think you're going to see a little bit of that classic early years WNBA connection as well. I'm not saying that you're going to see someone like a Cheryl Swoops necessarily become a part of a coaching staff or anything like that. But you're talking about a native Texan uh, who would be excited to give some level of contribution to a Texas team yeah. in Cheryl Swoops. So you never know if that, that connection of, you know, the, the earlier's Liberty, earlier's Comets connection. I think there's a lot of good with that. I do want to kick to one, to one thing. And I think that this to me feels like almost an obvious discussion piece, but um, this obviously is a positive move, especially because when you think of one of the emphases when Brian Agler left, uh, was that I, as a white male, shouldn't be filling the seat more or less. Yeah. Uh, and so this is a huge move forward. Obviously the fact that the, the percentage of head coaches that are not just people of color, but women of color in the sport of basketball is very disconcerting. And we've seen some kickoffs with that recently. 
uh, at various schools in the NCAA. And th- I, th- I think that obviously speaks for itself. And it goes just beyond, to me, Dallas hiring a woman of color, but hiring the right one. Like, this was a yes. home run regardless. And on top of that, I think this speaks for uh, – if you if you were looking for a hire that could potentially set a groundswell for, for that environment and what's needed for the league, this very much could be it. Yeah, I agree. Um, anytime that we have, uh, more women represented in our coaching, uh, circles, uh, and especially women of color given these opportunities, I get excited. Um, because I, I think, you know, I, I don't love having, you know, uh, a league being dominated, you know, it, by white males, you know, necessarily. I think that, um, you know, speaking as a white male myself and I think, all, and as all four of us are white males, you know, I think that we, all can still uh, just appreciate and and push forward, you know, opportunities for women and uh, in particular women of color. And I think that this is a, and I'm glad you said it's the right hire too. It's, they, they didn't just do this as a, oh, we have to, we're, we're quote unquote having to hire someone, you know, that that checks these boxes. No, they hired a phenomenal coach, you know, and she happens to yeah. be a woman of color. And I'm really excited to see what she's going to be bringing to the table here. And um, I mean, you, I just think about looking at the roster for the wings. Uh, you got to be just stoked. I mean, you've got a Goomba Wale uh, who's just looking like the absolute real deal. You've got uh, Satu Sabali who as a rookie, um, you know, had some growing pains, but overall looks ready for this league and looks ready to contribute. Um and the the most experienced player on your team, you have yeah, it's actually only two of them. You have two players that have been in the league for four years. Everybody else is like one year, one year, three years, rookie, rookie, one year, three years. Your two most experienced players, you have two that have four years of experience. Like let that settle in. Oh, That's man. Stewie. Like like what what? How long has Stewie been in the in the league? What five years? Something like that. Yeah. And so, and it feels like she kind of, it still feels like Stewie isn't like a vet quite yet. Like she's, she's kind of approaching that status, but like, it's just weird to, to consider that she on this roster would be far and away the most experienced player, which is crazy to to imagine. Um, but, and then you're bringing in five draft picks this coming season. So who knows what this roster is going to do over the next couple of seasons. And I got to credit Greg Bibb for th- when the draft hall from this most previous draft came in, everyone assumed the same thing, which was, man, they're going to make a ton of moves. Like, sh- you'd yeah. be excited about the moves they're going to make. And he more or less stepped up very publicly. I th- he said it on our podcast as well as anywhere else. It's like, I'm, we're taking these picks. Yeah. Like, we feel good about where we stand in the draft and we're taking this young core. I'm interested. I, I could see them doing the same thing and saying, listen, we're going to, I mean, this is going to be straight up like, 1980 hockey team miracle style. Like we're going to take, <laughs> we're going to take that young, correct talent. We're going to figure out what the right mixture is. If there's anyone who should be stoked about this, obviously it's Enrique Gumawale. You want to talk about yes. the player who most fits the narrative of, of what made Vicky Johnson successful. You're talking about the first Liberty player to 3000 points, a uh, dynamic and exciting scorer in her time. Just the perfect person to pair up with that. Wouldn't be shocked if that was a huge part of the move itself. Is is man? This obviously the head coach. You're going to put your players under your wing, but every now and again, you're going to have those one or two players that you especially are going to connect with. And I could see that that Vicky and Enrique connection being a huge thing. Um, so yeah, overall, I'm excited about it. I think that this really ties sets a narrative for you know what type of moves do you expect to see Dallas make in in setting the the foundation for this. So I think there's a lot to look forward to. It's going to be an uphill battle over the next couple of seasons, but um, some always good to hear good news out of Dallas. Cause it's, you know, it's always been an, an interesting time. Uh, they dealt with a, a big amount of uh, detraction loss, just losing star players and, and switching right. up their coaching situation to see them finally starting to set a nucleus for this is our vision moving forward. is pretty, it's pretty exciting. I agree. I, I feel like they're kind of moving past that, you know, these a couple seasons of, of having some disappointment, you know, losing Sky Dig, losing Cambage, and just kind of sitting around like it's it's painful anytime your team goes through that. But I think that Dallas Wings fans, the ones that, you know, we interact with on Twitter and whatnot, they 
they still have some excitement. There, there is a little bit of, of some of that excitement when your team kind of is in that rebuilding phase and you know, going into the season, you're like, listen, like I'm not going into this season, like expecting a championship. I'm going into the, to into the season to expect and watch some growth, you know? And yep. I think that there's some, as a fan, there's a lot of fun to that. Um, and, uh, and, and so I think that saddle up for maybe another season or two of that Dallas wings fans. I don't, I, I can see them a- approaching a really solid, solid program within about two to three seasons, really starting yep. to come into their own and, and being a force to reckon with in the league. That's the thing with this league is if you find the right groove, you can, you could spark up very quickly. And yeah. so I think, I think they're in a good spot to, to potentially launch from that. I have to say one more thing before we move on to our, our, our last topic of the day. And that's that, you know, there's about a thousand reasons why a lot of people would be excited about this. I've got to call this out. Uh, one of the first head coaches in WNBA history, I may not be the first, I'll ha- I'd have to do the heavy research, but one of the first WNBA coaches that I can think of to have a famous Carnegie deli sandwich named after her. <laughs> and that's huge to me. We're talking about the VJ classic in celebration of her scoring your 3000th point in 2005, the VJ classic, a quote, 3000 calorie belly busting sandwich. Oh my God. In honor Johnson's 3000 points. That's a big deal. A lot of very famous people, a lot of very notable people have a sandwich named after him, and Vicky's one of them. I'm talking turkey, Munster, American, Swiss, tomato, honey mustard, and mayo. The thing weighed two pounds. It was oh it was gosh. a monster. And <laughs> and so that's legend status right there, I'm telling you right now. I do have to say, if you are a Liberty fan, especially a lifelong Liberty fan <laughs> and a diehard, if you happen to have had the VJ Classic or you can find a picture of the VJ Classic – I can't find one. I was I just to see Googling right now, like. trying to find it. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the VJ class, uh, 3000 calories. Yeah. Oh my Cause word. I've seen, I've seen these Carnegie sandwiches and they're, they're, yeah, they're insane. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's huge to me. It's I mean, amazing. I'm excited. I, I just, I love this. This, this was awesome. So I, so, you know, congratulations <laughs> to the wings. Cause you've, you have a legend in basketball and in sandwich dumb. Uh, <laughs> Uh, along the ranks, and that's what you want. So, <laughs> I love it, dude. I, had I to love shout it. That one out. Hey, uh, well, before we hop into our next topic, let's pause real quick. We have something special that we need to share yeah. with our with our listener base here, uh, guys. We have been turned onto a particular uh, service, a particular platform that honestly is. Absolutely incredible. Um, as you heard at the beginning of this episode, um, Knowable is the sponsor for this episode. And Knowable is a phenomenal platform uh, for you guys to hop on. If you like podcasts, if you like audiobooks, check out Knowable. We've got a link in the description below uh, in our podcast and uh, as well on YouTube. You're going to be able to check that out. Basically, if you took audiobooks or, uh, you know, masterclass videos and you turned them into audio, uh, presentations, that's what knowable is. It's an opportunity for you to learn yeah. from industry experts about a wide variety of topics. Um, Steve, what are some of the, the, uh, courses that you've looked into on knowable? Oh my gosh, dozens. I mean, the second I started on Knowable, my uh, courses feed filled right up because there's so much cool stuff. Uh, a couple of things that I've already been kicking off, there's Narrative Fundamentals with Daniel Jose Aldair, uh, who's uh, been specifically talking about writing and storytelling and, and how to build exciting, creative, and structured narratives. Um, there's The Pursuit of Happier, uh, which is a great breakdown of... Uh, very, you know, common, you know, basically compiling self-help philosophies and what really stands out, what works in the modern day. I've honestly been checking about out Jonathan Hirsch's starting a podcast piece. I've yeah, been at this game for cool. many years now, but I'm already learning a lot that I didn't even realize. I got to say right now, my favorite course that I've been in with is uh, Lee Shan Huang. 
uh, course titled Innovative with Design Thinking. Yes, uh, I saw that one. I also was checking that, that yeah. one out. Um, it's been amazing so far. Uh, really essentially taking uh, the ideas of creative and design industries and how it works essentially in any field that you're in, how you can take those principles and take the, the creative needs, find a way to build an organization to them and, and build success in whatever world you're in that's effective and creative. And it's something that's really a, a been a cool experience. And I'll tell you what I've loved about it so far as well is it goes beyond just your typical, like I've, I've joked about book on tape already, but, but that's like the things that it's not is, you know, it's not your classic book on tape or just right. an audio book. And it's not necessarily like listening to a course. Uh, we're talking about, you know, interesting, uh, well-produced content that's well thought out. Often it's got music in the background, uh, you you can really tell that a lot of thoughts put into it, but what stands out the most with all of these presenters is their passion. You can tell that they have a huge passion and a huge drive for you know what what it is that they're presenting, what it is that they're trying to get across, and it bleeds out. It it gets you excited. And it's really cool because these courses usually come with more than just the audio. A lot of times they come with worksheets or different uh, course aids, things that you can check out and. I've been much more inclined to check those out because after I get done listening to a certain part of a course, I want to check out what else they have because it's really gotten me into it. I was the, yeah, the way like I've thought about it, kind and of, things to do. Like it's yeah. it's really awesome that like you actually like it. It really is like taking uh taking like a small college course in one of these yeah. areas. Like and it's it's yeah. awesome. And you don't have to pay insane tuition money either. In fact, uh, the the subscription is pretty solid like it's it's actually not that yep. expensive at all and so it yeah it's just really exciting to to see that um for uh, what you get and the access that you get the yeah the price point's pretty pretty insane and of course it gets a little bit better uh if you do and you, you may have already heard this if if the ad spots already come out but of course uh, we'll have a link in our description wherever you're listening whether it's podcast twitch youtube whatever uh we'll have a link to the download uh, for, for you to download the uh, Knowable app. And if you uh, input WNBA Nation uh, upon checkout through your coupon codes, you will get 20% off on your subscription. Uh, so if you drop in WNBA Nation, that's 20% off. That's on us. Uh, and, you know, gives us a little bit of love, but gives you a little bit of support, especially during the holidays as you're getting this kicked off. Uh, so whether it's you just have some things to learn, whether you're looking forward to 2021 and you, you want to get that new year, new you, and and check something out. Uh, I think there's something for everyone with the Noble app. So yeah, I'm I'm stoked about it. Uh, you know, it's when we talked about advertising, we definitely didn't want to jump on anything uh, with any sponsors and any support that wasn't something that we believed in. And we're pretty excited about this one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, each one of us has had an opportunity to hop on, check out some of the courses, and I'll be honest. I think it's going to be a long-term thing for me. I'm really excited. Chris Paul is actually just about to drop his course. Yeah. He went plant-based in his diet just recently and is having a phenomenal performance, uh, you know, a physically dominant, uh, you know, last season. And he talks mm. about how transitioning from a traditional diet to a plant-based mm. diet, um, has actually helped him. And as his career has progressed. And I, I found that one really interesting. Um, my parents actually went plant based, whole food plant based in their diet a few years back. And so it's something that like is pretty directly involved, uh, in something in my life. And it's something that my wife and I have explored. So I'm really interested to see what he has to say and, and learn from that. And so if you're interested at all in any of, they have so many courses, you guys, so many courses. Yeah. Again, right now the subscription is, is pretty, pretty cheap. Um, and uh, it's it's just an annual subscription. And again, if you use promo code WNBA Nation in your checkout, that'll give you twenty percent off the subscription immediately, and you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to save a couple extra bucks that way. So again, click on the link in the yeah. description below. It'll send you right to their website. And uh, yeah, it, we're excited promo about code. it. Promo code's the word I was looking for that I couldn't figure out for <laughs> like twenty good. seconds. I was trying to find it in my brain, and it, it, yeah, there it is. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, man. Chris Paul, an avid supporter of the WNBA women's basketball as well. Yeah. Uh, also graciously lost to Allie Quigley in the horse challenge, uh, <laughs> but talking plant based diets. So yeah, lots of cool stuff. So check that out. Let's get back to ball. 
Kyle, um, this has been, and I'm saying this as someone who has dutifully watched college basketball from both levels for a very long time. Yes. This is one of the nuttiest early season weeks I've seen. Often when you're watching, <laughs> if you're a casual fan of college basketball, often these early months, the October through December, are kind of ones you can almost check out. And often the post-holidays, January to March, is when you start to click in because that's when the heated games have happened. I have hardly seen such a high concentration of top 25 upsets within a span of like five days as we have this week. Like people are officially missing out. It's been absolutely wild across the board. In fact, even just tonight – uh, there wasn't any upsets tonight, but we did, we did have a chance to see number two Louisville take on Duke and they handled their business. Let me just tell you, like Luke is a, or not Luke, do, I was gonna, I, I went from Luke to doable. Um, Duke is a, <laughs> Duke, that was it, that was a little, uh, I like them both. Anyway, they both yeah. sound fun. Duke is a, a solid women's basketball program, uh, ACC school that, that performs well year in and year out. And Louisville is, I'm not going to lie, Louisville is looking like possibly the team to beat right now. Um, they're number two overall, but I, I think they got a real shot at, in my opinion, yeah. they might be that number one spot this year. Um, they, they really took care of business against, um, uh, DePaul the other day. Uh, you know, when we actually and were that, recording and that's our a very reaction good live. DePaul team. Yeah. The, the DePaul team's that's a solid. really good DePaul team. Yeah. And yet. You know, they went in and, and really just, uh, pretty much smoked DePaul. Uh, I think set their, their program record for points scored in a game against, uh, number, you know, at the time, I think it was number 15, DePaul. DePaul dropped to 20, but, um, can I, before we, we hit too many of these scores, I mean, we've already seen a number one team lose. We've seen multiple top 10 teams lose. Um, it's kind of crazy to see what the rankings look like right now in by week three. We've got three and O Stanford at number one, four and O Louisville at number two, and UConn at number three, and they haven't played a game yet. Yeah, which is just their own odd. Yeah, there's they're O and O. They've got obviously we're hoping to see them get on the court soon, but yeah, they haven't played a game and they're sitting at number three. In fact. I actually don't have a problem with them being in the top five, but here's where I get a little confused. They actually got two first place votes in the AP poll without playing a game. You know, when you take teams like uh, NC State, Louisville, Stanford, even teams like uh, Arizona, Oregon, Kentucky, Texas A&M, those other you know top ten um, teams that are undefeated right now. Uh, Kentucky's looking really solid as well as Texas A&M always does, but these are some other teams and UConn is like sitting at number three's O and O. Now, again, I, I'm not saying that we should punish them because they haven't played a game, especially in 2020, right? That's a, like, we're not going to punish them, but I do find it interesting that some people thought it was enough for them to have not played games and still allow them, uh, two first place votes, uh, <laughs> even though Louisville and Stanford and NC state had all had some really solid performances over the last couple of games. So I did find that yeah. a little bit peculiar. No, I, I totally get that. I obviously there's going to be a lot of reasons behind that, right? You, whether it's casual voters, whether it's home cooking voters out of the Connecticut area, whether it's the fact that, Hey, guess what? They're the only team that may not have shown you what they can do, but they've also show, not shown you what they can't do. Yeah. And there's some, there's some value to that. Uh, so that's where it gets interesting. And that's really been my question. Like right now, in terms of the games I've watched, Louisville probably looks like the most exciting team. Stanford's taking care of their business very handily. But as far as like picking a good team, I need to see UConn play like two to three games before I can do anything. And who knows? When that's going to happen, obviously safety is of the utmost concern. So we'll just have to see. But I mean, right now, we all want to see what Paige Beckers can put together. And while that's going on, Dana Evans is proving to be as advertised. And that's, what's interesting is that's you're looking at like, when we talk about great college basketball rivalries, like that could be the one, right. You know, that could be the, yeah, I don't know the, the Candace Sylvia Fowles type of thing. 
that that stands out in its own time. And so, I don't know, like, it's exciting, but I mean, goodness, this week has really shown that it goes beyond the top 25. I'd say, like, the top 40 teams in in the country right now all have something to prove. And I've got to give one specific shout-out. Obviously, we've seen a lot of great upsets across the top 10, but i got to give love to my South Dakota Jack Rabbits. Yeah, South Dakota State with the insane kind of, not a buzzer beater, but a last, like, last three second Uh, shot. Yeah. What a game. That finish ruled. That was awesome. (laughs) Such a good game. It is. If you're, if you're there or you're seeing people on Twitter or you yourself are thinking like, oh, there's really not much in sports, you know, happening on right now. You're not a big football fan. Neither am I. I get you. Uh, you know, the, the wiffle ball league on YouTube just finished up, you know, big up to the Great Lakes Gators <laughs> for winning the wiffle ball league. Uh, you know, you're still waiting for Marble Olympics or Marble League, sorry, to, to, to get to their next race, Marble One, whatever it is. Pretty much what I'm saying is you're, You've got a lot of college basketball to catch up on. There's a lot of good stuff to be excited about um, as far as things look right now. I will ask you, Kyle, is there a under-radar team? Is there a team who people aren't talking about or who isn't necessarily getting a heavy amount of love that you're saying watch out for? Um, yeah, there's a couple that come to mind, actually. Um, I know Arkansas has lost a game, but Arkansas looked – insanely good, insanely good against Baylor the other day. Um, Mm -hmm. That was a phenomenal basketball team on the court out there. Baylor is no slouch and Arkansas hung with them. And honestly, for a good chunk of the game looked like the better team. And it felt as though Baylor was just trying to hold on to keep it close, which I, you, you just don't anticipate from Baylor as dominant as they've been over the last couple of seasons. And Arkansas looks really solid. They're sitting at number 13 right now. I expect them to, to bump into the top 10 and pro- I think they might even finish the season, um, in the top maybe six or seven of this, of, of the country. And I, I'm really stoked on the Razorbacks. Um, I do think that the Big 10 as a conference might be slightly underrated because people don't see them represented necessarily in the top, uh, 10 teams of the country. Right. Like, uh, let's see, you got Stanford, Louisville, UConn, NC State. Yeah. There's no, there's no big 10 teams in that top 10. However, you come out of that and you've got Maryland at 14, Indiana tied at 15, Northwestern at 17, Ohio State at 18, Michigan at 19. Like they, uh, like across the board, that conference is going to be just a murderer's row for anybody to try and get to. It reminds me a lot of how the Pac 12 has been the last season or two. Um, so I think the Big Ten as a conference, I feel like, is slightly undervalued right now. Um, but I think that I think that whoever emerges at the top of the Big Ten, if someone can go and maybe with a, just one, maybe two losses in conference play out of the out of the Big Ten, I think is going to be uh, quite the feat and and deserves a lot of love in that respect. How about you? Anybody that you see as flying potentially under the radar? It's funny that you call out Arkansas because uh, if I I got love for the Terps right now, yeah, <laughs> uh, only only team to take down Arkansas so far. Uh, Bibby and Benzin have been just awesome and and have been scoring machines. Dude, that was a game Benzin, too. That Benzin was just a barn burner of a game. Has has been incredible from deep, um, and. You know, you want to talk about a team, you know, who knows? Maybe that, maybe that Christy Tolliver magic is back. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I just, I obviously that game itself stood out. It, it's funny because anytime you call it a team, almost all of them have had a loss. Like it's so funny yeah. to be like, cause Mizzou state took them down. Right. But uh, I've liked what I've seen out of them. I've, I've liked their, uh, you know, high octane style of scoring. They can put up points very fast. Uh, so that'll be a fun one to watch. So if there's one team that I'm saying, like, you might not be paying attention to the Terps, you probably should. You probably should. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's good stuff. No, I, I like the Terps a lot. I'm glad that you brought them up because, yeah, I think <sighs> basketball's better when Maryland is good. Is that weird to say? <laughs> They're one of those teams. They're one of those teams that when they uh, when they are one of your top teams, I enjoy college basketball better. That sound, I know that sounds odd, but like, I don't, there's, there's a lot of teams that, oh, they're, they're good. That's fine. 
Maryland, and I don't even, I don't even have like a, a relationship with Maryland. I don't have like a reason to like love Maryland, but for, for some reason, if Maryland is doing well in college hoops, I just feel, I feel like the world is a better place. And, uh, and so I, I, I wouldn't even call myself a Maryland fan, but that's just, that's just how I feel about that. Um, I, I do got to give a shout out, watch out for my Kentucky Wildcat, Steve. I'm just saying uh, they, they lost, uh, they lost it. their, their head coach just right before the end of the start of the season. He resigned. Greg Marshall resigned. Um, they've got an interim head coach right now that's kind of taking the reins. And then she was out for the game, uh, the other day against Indiana. And Kentucky had a late, uh, kind of a late comeback to take the lead in that game and ended up winning that game without, I mean, they're two coaches down in their bench and that's who's leading them out there. And they're still taking on these, these top 15 teams and, and, and winning. Um, and I'm just saying Howard out of Kentucky is the real deal. She's not coming out into the draft this season. I think she's going, I'm, I'm making a way too early prediction. I think she's going number one overall in 2022 in that draft. And I'm, I'm excited. Uh, as, as far as I know some of you might be thinking, Oh, she's going to declare early. She's a junior. She has to graduate early in order to declare early. And she is not intending to do so. She's going to graduate next year. And so she will not be eligible for the draft this season. Um, if that changes at all, obviously we'll be on the alert, but as of right now, she will not be eligible to declare early uh, out of Kentucky and be in part of this draft. But I think that she's going to be, I think she's going to be a player in this league uh, in the WNBA for, uh, for a long, long time. And I, I love what I'm seeing out of her. So anyway, love that. Here's my Kentucky love. <laughs> there you have it. Well, obviously there's a ton more college ball to be excited about. Like we said, we still have a UConn team to watch and a lot to dive into as we get closer and closer to the spring, because that's only a couple of months away. Life oh is my weird. gosh. That's so crazy. <laughs> that's so crazy. I feel like uh, we've just been like slugging through. 2020 and i feel like all these 2020 memes it's gonna be 2021 soon and there's like a like vaccine coming out that people have like like the first people have received it and like where what's happening uh, like it's about time we can move on from this (laughs) we're closing in on the christmas holiday and i still feel like i need to get ready for mother's day yeah like like, it has been the weirdest year year feels It just, it still feels like it's, yeah, it's the, yeah, just so much to say on that front that <laughs> hasn't already been said, right? Uh, I do want to give a couple of shout outs and, and a couple thought reactions from you because this wasn't something yeah. we planned on, but I think it, it causes merit for discussion, obviously. Absolutely. Uh, the Sports Illustrated Annual Awards just recently came out. Before we hit to the main award, gotta give love to Misha Hines Allen. Oh, yes. For, uh, breakout athlete of the year. Uh, love that. So well deserved. Look at the names that she's up with. I think that uh, that's huge. When you look at what the Mystics were up against this year, what they were able to accomplish, it's pretty maddening. And she was such a huge part of that. And it was so much fun to see. Uh, and that <laughs> just makes the Mystics. Next season, we need a healthy Elena Della Dunn. We need a healthy Brianna Stewart. Because we just we need to see we need that what a Mystics clash. team and a, and, a, and a Storm team at full strength would look like because yeah. that is the that's the immovable force and the irresistible force and the immovable object like that's that's what we have to see uh, because it, now it, you almost had this with the storm a couple of years ago with with Natasha Howard getting the chops to build up her status and we got that with Heinz Allen with Deladon out and now you just add so much more of that so so proud of of, of Heinz Allen she had such a great year. Obviously, uh, the the big story that came out of this week is Brianna Stewart named one of the sports people of the year. Uh, the narrative of this was they went with uh, players who not only were champions on the court or field, what have you, but were also champions off the court with their contributions to uh, all kinds of causes. One of the main causes, of course, being the the the, the Black Lives Matter movement and pushing for equality. Uh, uh, across the world of systematic racism, police reform, what you know, and, and several other needs and cases, uh, supporting um, support through through the COVID pandemic, yeah. all kinds of different pieces. I do want to ask you really quick, Kyle, and it was probably something we could have spent a little more time into. There has been some note of you know, there's a narrative to these awards, which was specifically they went to championship teams to pick these individuals. 
Bree Stewart being really the face of uh, the champion storm. That said, there's a lot to be said about the fact that not only were these efforts that the league made league wide with the WNBA and there should be support of that, but there were many players of color who really could have uh, stood out with this. I think when you Natasha cloud, Maya Moore, you know, there's a handful of people who, who really came out with that. I, I feel a little inadequate to give any thought on this because of my status as to where I sit. One, I'm not a WNBA player, but (laughs) so I I think that's a grain of salt to understand. Like we understand what our status is as we make any, anything we're about to say. And I think we're very much in support with what the groundswell support has been. Uh, But I am curious if you just had any thoughts on that ecosystem in general. Um, I just, I understand sports illustrating making the selection they did. Because as you look at the other ones, they have like, you know, it's the, it's the champions and Bree Stewart was one that at the very beginning of this season stepped out, uh, you know, dedicating the season to Brianna Taylor, whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I totally completely understand, um, the women of color, um, feeling a little bit slighted and some of the other players that perhaps were also, Maybe doing, and that's not, I'm not taking anything away from Bree Stewart. We love Bree. Honestly, like without Bree Stewart, this show, this show wouldn't exist to be completely frank and honest. Okay. She's mm-hmm. the first person that reached out to us before we started our podcast, reached out to th- three random dudes on Twitter. Okay. They, we owe this podcast to Bree Stewart. That being said, I totally understand why some of the other players felt a little bit slighted, especially those that chose to forego seasons to do more on the ground level of these movements. You look at a player like Maya Moore and that mm-hmm. Maya Moore, Jonathan Irons story. Um, I think that that there's so much there. I, I love what, you know, um, Renee Montgomery, uh, Natasha cloud, like what so many players were doing during this season as, as crazy as this season was and having people not, you know, even coming into the, into the wobble to, to do, you know, to do the season and instead saying, Hey, there's more important work to be done. Um, I, I think that they deserve some of that attention. I really do. Now what sports illustrated did is they kind of went through and said, okay, who are our championship teams? And we're going to pick out the champion, you know, a player off of those teams. And that's who we're going to give the award to some, you had to win a championship this year. Um, I don't like that. I don't know if that's the best way to have the, uh, mm-hmm. um, if, if that's the best way to make this selection. So I, I understand the selection. Um, I also totally understand and want to say that, you know, the, the basis of, of the feeling of, of a lot of players, you know, feeling like it wasn't, um, you know, that, that it should have maybe gone to the league in general. Or to, you know, some of the players that were doing a little bit more with that, I think could have been, um, could have been a little bit better handled in, in my opinion. But, uh, again, can I just, I, I, I thank you for, for bringing that up as a person, as a, as a white male. <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like this isn't necessarily my, um, I feel like I don't have a lot of, of clout in what I can say here, but I, 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 I think that if I if we don't say anything, then you know perhaps yeah. that's worse. If that makes sense, and I, I hope that all I, of our listeners can understand that from from us. Yeah, as someone who stands as what I call walking privilege, I think it's that idea that I I understand that there are perspectives I flat out do not have, and I don't want to give off any idea that because Steve said something, you should subscribe to it. That's, that's ridiculous for me to ever think that. I think the idea of this is, um, it's very, it's, it's very difficult when these things happen, when, whether it's SI, whether it's ESPN, whatever it is to see through whether these superlatives are heartfelt or if they're a publicity move. And sometimes it's, it's easy to see, well, who's going to garner clicks over what's the right move. Yeah. There is, I believe one award, uh, particular to um, off the court um, stories that 
I believe Maya Moore is, is considered for under their nominations. For some reason, Sports Illustrated's website will not let me navigate to that page. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I believe I did see that as I looked at it previously. That being said, um, the, the weird thing Sports Illustrated did here was set up their own weird rule structure to keep them from potentially choosing correct p- people or organizations yeah. as this is considered. And when they did this whole, well, they have to have won a title and also be that individual. Well, what if this is so weird for me to bring up? What if there happened to be a championship team this year that didn't subscribe at all to any of this? Is, are you trying to pick it? Uh, you know, yeah. what if you, there were enough championship, you know, it, so it's a strange thing to say. I think that what, when they set that up, they set themselves up for a heavy amount of criticism in a lot of different ways, because I think there were a lot of individuals who were kept from this in a way. I think, uh, they could have, I feel like what they should have done is flesh this out completely. I think you almost walk away from your general, rule or award structure and say, Hey, we're dedicating this entire issue to these are the hundred individuals who gave something, you know, yeah. and, and allow everyone somewhat of a platform because there were so many stories. If you just go across the spectrum of women's sports alone, um, so much of that move and, and, and so much impact that was made. And on top of the fact that, I mean, in my opinion, when you look at very sincere and very direct efforts, to make proper change with everything going on right now. I just think it starts and ends with the WNBA and there's gotta be some mention of like, listen, these are people who banded together uh, and did something on January 6th, uh, 5th. I might have the date completely wrong, but we're, you know, we have an election in Georgia that is going to set a real tone for the future of the United States of America for quite a while. And that, runoff doesn't even remotely happen if it's not for many voices within the league. And that's a remarkable thing to, to think about how yeah. that uh, groundswell had come together. And that's one of many different examples and stories that I hope continue to get told. So as we're dwelling upon these sports illustrated awards and things like that, keep, you know, take the time to look up, Players Tribune articles of some of these individuals and other insights of these people and, and try to herald what the, these stories are and what are being told, uh, because we need to continue to, to fill the zeitgeist with those messages that there are things that we can continue to do to make impacts. Because I worry that when the trendiness of, oh, crud 2020 is over in three <laughs> weeks, yeah. I worry that we fall off of that map and – suddenly uh, that's not a part of the discussion anymore. And there's a lot we need to do to make sure that continues to be the discussion because it's, it's not any less important now than it was a few months ago or over the last century. No, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you brought it up because yeah, I I feel like we, we could hash out even more about this. I've got a lot of thoughts and honestly we could, we could probably dedicate an entire episode or more to this. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think that with considering what 2020 was, some of the players and some of the sports people, uh, what they were doing outside of sports transcended it, I think a little bit. And I think totally. that you need to, uh, yeah, I think that it needs to, to, uh, you know, I think it needs to be recognized. And so, uh, just know that yeah. that's not falling on deaf ears. Um, those of you who, who, you know, yep. had those feelings and whatnot that, uh, that we're here with you. Yeah. So that being said, yes, I also um, can, can I just also say that's not to say Bree Stewart did not do anything and that she was undeserving. It's just that yeah, others, and, others were just as, if not more deserving. Can I, can I say that? W, we, I, lo- I love what players she's have doing. Heralded that same message. This yes. is not to downplay or to put any stain on, on, on that movement. That's yeah, to not say, it's not fair to put one person as the face of this groundswell. Yes. And and so that's what feels strange about it. But yeah, no, absolutely. Completely agree with you on that. We'll continue to see how that, that piece develops. Um because there's so much more for that story to be told. That said, I think that really, you know, stands to be everything we have for the program. We had a chance to dive into a new uh coach in the league. We've got some excitement in the college game. 
Um, a lot more on the news front that we're going to see run in the pipeline. Uh, of course, everyone uh, on the Twitch stream, thank you so much for joining us. Again, you can check this out over on our YouTube page, anywhere your podcast can be found. If you want to check us out on social, at WNBA Nation Pod on Twitter, likewise over at Facebook, check out our Store Envy page. We do have some merch uh, that will be coming down the pipeline again pretty soon, so get yourself well-equipped with all that good stuff. Uh, and, yeah, I think uh, that's that's more or less everything for now. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to check out this week's episode. Until we see you again, I'm Steve Schwartzman. And I'm Kyle Haywood. And we got you next time.